Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Ah, show me the money. Do you all remember that iconic phrase from the 1996 very popular movie, Jerry Maguire? Well, it still resonates today, not only in pop culture, but in business. And it's 15 years later. Well, let's talk about the business side of this. Before your company can see that money, you need to start saying, show me the information. But that's not an easy task today. Growing your business requires you get the right information in the right format to the right people at the right time and making that even a bigger challenge the total volume of digital data which is what we're all dealing with is expected to double are you sitting down every 18 months it is massive according to howard dressner's recent mobile business intelligence market study we are in the midst of a profound shift toward mobile bi that's business intelligence and mobile computing howard says this paradigm shift will affect everyone and get this it will have as much impact as the internet did over time just think back the past 10 15 years huge however this moving target of hardware and software standards will have difficulties and challenges for customers and suppliers alike let's also look at what Aberdeen has recently said. They said a large number of companies are rapidly undertaking mobile BI owing to a large number of market pressures, which include the need for higher efficiency in business processes, improvement in employee productivity, better and faster decision making. That's what we're talking about here. Better customer service and delivery of real-time bi-directional data access to make decisions anytime and anywhere. So, Pour yourself a cup of Joe, Earl, or OJ, and I will be asking my guests what they're drinking for coffee break today, and join our experts to explore what happens when business intelligence goes on the road. I am Bonnie D. Graham, and welcome. Let me give you a quick overview of my esteemed panel today. Howard Dressner is Chief Research Officer at Dressner Advisory Services, an independent advisory firm. He's well-known authority in business intelligence and performance management. Howard has over 30 years of IT experience. He is called the father of BI. So we have dad on the phone with us. And Howard is a self-confessed technology junkie. Joining Howard on the panel is Chris Silva, an industry analyst focusing on mobile at the San Mateo, California-based Altimeter Group. 
Chris focuses on innovations in and implications of mobile technology for enterprises, users, and brands. And rounding out our great panel today is Tom Kurtz, Global Director, SAP HANA Services, SAP Americas. Tom has spent the last decade supporting consulting organizations and customers with their BI and data efforts. So I'd like to say welcome to my panel. You can all say hello at the same time. Good morning. Hello. Morning. Ah, wonderful. You've all got voices made for radio. I'm thrilled to have you here. Howard, let's kick off the first segment with you. I've already said you're the father of BI. We've already read some quotes from your recent study. Uh, Let me read another quote from you. You say, we see strong evidence that mobile BI is taking hold broadly. Although current adoption, plans, and perceptions may vary, this is a global phenomenon across all geographies, industries, functions, and organization sizes. More and better mobile platform options have emerged with an abundance of new tablets. And BI software suppliers have invested heavily, offering a much more complete menu of mobile options. Howard, give me a little background. How does your research work? Whom have you spoken with? And and how pervasive is this? You say global. Is it in every corner of the world or just certain size businesses? (laughs) Well, I think it is broadly in the truest sense of the word. So I started doing this research, gosh, it's now two, almost two years ago. Mm-hmm. It coincided with the availability of Apple's first version of the iPad. Okay. And I have to say I was a little bit of a naysayer when I first saw it until I actually got my hands on one and started playing with it. And mm. I have to say, by the way, that mobile, the notion of mobile business intelligence is not new. It's We've been talking about it and thinking about it. There's been lots of demo wear out there. For years, nobody actually sold any of it, but it was intriguing. And it really, it was the iPad that sort of catalyzed this marketplace and all of a sudden made it cool to use these devices. And so mm-hmm. that's what's so compelling about it. People want to use the iPad. It's very right brain. It's very usable in nature. And all of a sudden, we had this uh, new platform which compelled people to start using mobile business intelligence. So we're seeing it wherever you have Mostly tablet computers, although certainly phones are used for this purpose as well. And when you look at mobile devices out there, why, there are billions of them. So it's the most mm-hmm. available platform out there, and people are actually starting to use it for business intelligence, and it's seeping into every market segment imaginable, oftentimes driven by, predominantly by executives themselves and by certain functional areas like sales. Howard, how did you get the title Father of BI? I want to substantiate that for our listeners. We're very honored to have Dad with us, if you'll excuse the expression. So tell us, how did you get to that point? What did you do that put you on the top of that intelligence pile, intelligence heap to get to be the father of BI? Well, it started by coining the term back in 1989 when I was was a boy of 12. (laughs) <laughs> uh, only kidding. And then I uh, I really kicked off the practice at Gartner uh, back in the early 90s and ran the practice for 13 years before going off and doing other stuff. Well, we're very, very honored to have you. It's very appropriate that you be on the show today. And with your permission, I'd like to move to our second guest on the panel, Chris Silva. Chris from Altimeter Group. Chris, I'm going to read a quote from you, and we can get to know you a little bit, too. Picking a horse in the race in mobile tool evolution, we've only just begun. And while anointing tools like Google's Android and Apple's iOS seems like the best way to anticipate the likely outcome of the current platform battles, it's too soon to rule out some different outcomes. 
outcomes. The best thing strategists can do now is to be inclusive and hedge bets by supporting a host of proven tools that go well beyond Apple's and Google's offerings. Welcome, Chris Silva. How are you today? I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Thrilled is, is an honor. Thank you for joining us. So tell me, picking a horse in the race, how do you see this race shaping up? Where Are we in the beginning of the race, the middle? Are we approaching that finish line? Where are we? I, I really do think we're at the beginning of the race. And when we think about it, and, and to, to the point uh, that, that Howard was just making, there are a ton of these devices out today, but we're only probably in the second, uh, maybe in some cases, the third generation of a smartphone, uh, definitely in the first, maybe second generation of a tablet that's in the hands of users. So looking at the publicly available data here in the U.S., we're just about at that 50% mark in terms of the mobile phone owners in the U.S. that own a smartphone. So we've still got a whole other 50% of the mobile phone owning population that's going to make this switch over to an iPhone, an Android device, uh, a BlackBerry, some sort of device that is capable of gathering information, processing information from a BI standpoint. So it's it's really early days here and, and in other first world markets when you get outside the U.S., when you get into sort of second tier and definitely uh, third third world markets, uh, we have billions upon billions of people who have yet to flip the switch in, in terms of mobile device usage. Thank you, Chris. I'm going to squeeze Tom Kurtz in before we end this segment, and he has a quote that is just about on point with what you're talking about. Tom Kurtz says, mobile devices have clearly established their place in the world. I heard an anecdotal statistic recently claiming there are more mobile devices today than toothbrushes. Think about that one for a minute. But the true test for companies comes when it's time for the sexy to meet the situational. He means, how can mobile devices extend your enterprise and what situations, scenarios, and use cases can truly be game-changing for your business? Tom Kurtz, welcome. You want to comment before we head to break here? Sure, just a quick comment there. And if that doesn't want to... Make you pick up a toothbrush after your cup of joe here. I don't know what will, Bonnie. <laughs> I'm but gonna, gonna leave, I'm going to leave the show and go in the other room there, already. There you go. go ahead. <laughs> there you go. Well, and, and, and really the, the, the perspective I wanted to bring with that is I, I do talk to a lot of, of companies at, at conferences, trade shows, what have you, uh, where they, they see the sexy, if you will. They, they see great demos. They, uh, as both Howard and Chris have identified, there, there is the influx and the pervasiveness of mobile devices out there and things like iPads have increased that. But I think then when you you continue the conversation and you talk to companies about how can they take that and actually move beyond the consumer side and actually look at it from their enterprise standpoint, where in their business can they make an impact, how can they do that, which users in their business can, can have the biggest impact, and, and how can that impact the bottom line, that's really where I think the not only the challenges, but the opportunity. And I think companies are starting to see that. And that's, to, to Chris's point, I think we're in the, the, the opening stages of that, and there's a lot of opportunity there. Thank you, Tom. Uh, we have a couple more minutes than I thought we did, so let's just go to roundtable right now. Howard, you want to comment on this toothbrush versus mobile app concept we're elevating here? <laughs> well, the toothbrush <laughs> concept may be a little bit disturbing, but there's no question that these devices, the smartphone devices, are becoming more and more dominant, and as Chris mentioned earlier, you know, predominantly in uh, more westernized uh, economies, right, more first-world economies where you see more smartphones. But over time, we're going to transition to, I think, uh, predominantly smartphones globally. And that's also why uh, we see North America being the most dominant for the use of mobile business intelligence, simply because that's where these new devices oftentimes get launched first. 
That's often where the produ- the uh, software for them actually gets produced. Mm-hmm. And because North America just tend to be early adopters um, of this of technology in general, and that's where you see its most pervasive use, uh, at least at this moment in time, with EMEA uh, following and uh, and APAC after that. Good, good to hear the global perspective. I'm going to read a quick quote from Howard's recent study. He says, uh, 68% of respondents today versus 52% in 2010 see mobile BI as either quote unquote critical or quote unquote very important to their business. The 11% in 2010 who indicated mobile BI was unimportant has dropped all the way down to 2%, meaning there are very few of the non-believers now. This fundamental paradigm shift toward mobile and mobile BI is as significant as the Internet itself. I read that in in a quote in my monologue, uh, Howard, and I think that's a monumental, monumental concept that is important as the Internet because we know what the Internet has done for life as we know it on the across the planet, across the whole planet. Chris Silva, you want to give me a 30 second comment on this concept that mobile BI is as important as the Internet? Absolutely, and, and I think the evolution sort of mirrors that which we saw the Internet. If we think about the initial use case of smartphones and even tablets in the enterprise, things like email, contacts, calendar, that was sort of the, the web 1.0 of the Internet evolution, static information that was sort of widely available, widely useful, but not really personalized. The next big wave we saw was web 2.0, and that ushered in social, where tailored customized, very uh, unique information was made available to different users of the Internet. We're now seeing that in the mobile BI space. We know how to use these devices to stay on top of our inbox. What we're now trying to learn is, as business managers, how do we make these devices speak the language of the field service worker, the sales professional, and so on and so forth, with targeted information that's formatted for use and consumption on the device itself. Exactly. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. When we come back, we're going to talk about what organizations should do to prepare for the pervasiveness, the take hold of mobile BI. We're going to quote Pasteur, luck favors the prepared. Aha. We're going to see how prepared your organization is and find out from our three experts what you can do to get there if you're not already there. Don't even think of touching that dial or your mouse. We'll be right back with so much more here on Coffee Break with Game Changers. Justin, take us away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more not just in it for profit but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways 
Listen for Be More, Achieve More, Inspiration for the Entrepreneurial Mind with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Yes, let's. And let's talk about the coffee break part of the title of our show. I'm going to ask my three panelists what they're drinking today. Howard Dressner, what's in your cup today? Well, today we have um, some Pete's Major Dickinson blend cut with a little bit of Hawaiian gold Kona. Oh, 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 wonderful. I'm sure that's high test. And Chris Silver, what are you drinking today? Uh, Going with a local favorite, doing some uh, French press terroir coffee from here in Boston. Very nice. I heard a little bit of that Boston accent sneak in there, too. And, Tom Kurtz, what drinkest thou this morning? Well, Bonnie, I'm going a little bit more with the minimalist look here. I've got to start my day with a good old-fashioned cup of OJ. Oh, good guy. Got our vitamin C in there. We have some tweets from our fans. Jeff, who always tweets us his coffee, is drinking a cup of dark roast Starbucks espresso. Thank you, Jeff. The beautiful Margot today is drinking Japanese matcha Green tea, M-A-T-C-H-A, instead of her Nespresso. Thank you, Margot. Good to make a change from time to time. The beautiful Wendy in Miami is drinking an invigorating homemade, oh, she has the best, kiwi and banana smoothie, and she's ready for another great show. We're going to bring you one, Wendy. Kelly, thank you for joining us, Kelly, is drinking a cup of four-barrel coffee. I'm not sure what they mean, but she means, but it sounds like way too much caffeine for me. Kelly can do it. Kristen, on her way to a wedding soon, is sticking to water not only as her breakfast beverage but her everything beverage she's down five pounds you go Kristen. and malcolm is drinking sumatra blue batak from equator coffees he describes it as sweet herbal with notes of grapefruit and cedar i can almost smell the fragrance thank you malcolm okay let's get back to our topic today business intelligence goes on the road we're going to kick this segment off with chris silva let's talk about what organizations need to do in terms of should you build an application for your business to enable your mobile workers and harness all this data that's rolling around chris take it for me Sure. So, you know, this is a question that comes up almost all the time from clients across the board, whether they're trying to solve a BI problem or other uh, problem. And when we talk about building an application, I'd say more often than not, the first iteration of that work we see inside of an organization tends to fail or at least not uh, attain the results the company was hoping for. And it's almost always a resource issue. Uh, Building an application, usually at least at this point, if you go by the statistics in terms of what devices are out there being used, you're building it for the iPhone. You're then building it for Android devices. You may be adding tablets to the mix. Each iteration of this application needs to have a development team, a quality control team, and it very quickly gets out of hand in terms of resource constraints. 
know, when we think about BI specifically, uh, it, it, it's often the case that an organization will build an application that's customer-facing because they want it to be unique, they want it to be uh, very high design. When we start talking about BI, there are actually off-the-shelf tools that solve a lot of the different issues that companies are trying to solve in terms of entrusting information to their employees. And these range from mobile-specific content management suites to information capture and sharing platforms to virtualization options that actually allow the employee to take their entire computing experience on the road with them via their mobile device. And each one of these has a good number of proven brands, proven solutions in the market that uh, that can uh, get around the idea of having to build up a development presence and create an application from scratch to solve the problem. Thank you, Chris. I'm going to bring Tom Kurtz into this. Tom, I'm reading one of your talking points you sent me. You say some companies just don't know where to begin. They see, and this is key, they see fantastic mobile demos, but they're unclear how they apply to their organization. How can their business take advantage of such technology? So we're talking about the same thing. Tom, why don't you weigh in on this concept of what does a company do? And again, let's reference different size companies. We have a vast audience here on the business channel, and we don't know exactly what size companies they're from. So I want this to be very inclusive, if you will, rather than just talking about LEs or just the lower part of SMEs. So, Tom, you you uh, consult for SAP. What do you think? Uh, thanks, Bonnie. I actually would like to, to build off, uh, to answer that question, I'd like to build off something Chris said. I, 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 I sure. agree that that uh, it, it's, it's not really about just going out and building an application. That's not the end goal. I think what really the end goal is is, what is it you're trying to use that mobile device for? And if you start mm-hmm. to extend that, regardless of the size of your organization, if you start to extend that into, well, what is the purpose of this? The purpose of this is to somehow relay information to different users in your organization. Mm-hmm. And you, in order to do that, it, it doesn't start with the mobile de- device. It actually starts with the larger analytics question. What are some, just to use some, some phrases here, meaningful metrics. What is it I'm trying to, to measure? Uh, individual identification. Who are the individuals in my organization that can take advantage of this? Visualization verification. How do I want to, do, how can I verify how I want to see that information? And finally, data definition. Where's that data coming from? So when you start to factor all those pieces in together, notice I haven't even really touched a lot on the mobile device yet, but when you start to look at those pieces, what do I want to see? Who needs to see it? How do I need to see it? And where's it coming from? Now mobility starts to become a play because maybe as part of that individual identification, I start to identify users that can benefit from this. And when I look at the data, and maybe I'm managing big data somehow, uh, across my organization, if I now combine that with the mobile aspect, now suddenly a user group maybe mm-hmm. has an opportunity to do something, to look at to something, to get at that information like Chris mentioned. And with that information, they're now doing something they couldn't do before. That can have a very dramatic and real impact on my business. Thank you, Tom. And I want to bring, of course, our father of BI, Howard Dressner, into this. Howard, in your report I quoted at the beginning of the show, a part of your survey, you say, business intelligence ranked in the top three out of 11 choices for high-demand mobile applications after email and personal information management, which includes things like calendaring and scheduling. Howard, you want to weigh in on where we are right now with this discussion about what approach should a business take and what is the, the use case, what are the goals, what's the purpose of all this for them? Sure. There are a lot of really great use cases, and I would agree 
uh, certainly with Tom and with Chris on many of the points. You want to choose your user targets pretty carefully. I wouldn't say you want to boil the ocean. That's probably not the best approach. Um, a lot of the activity surrounding mobile business intelligence is, in fact, driven by executives right now. And and arguably, they're among the most nomadic of users in the organization, and they do need to sort of have their hand on the pulse of what's going on uh, within the organization. But there are other specific roles that it really makes a great deal of sense. And sales is probably the most obvious one, where they uh, rarely are in the office, yet they're dealing with customers and other constituencies where they need to know what's going on right now, and they literally need to have the information following them, which is a big part of the, the fundamental paradigm shift. But also, to the, the previous speaker's points, you really do need to think about how the information is going to be used. You don't want to simply take an existing report, dashboard, application, and deliver that exact same application to a mobile device. You really want to think through the process. So even though, as Chris said earlier, there are a plethora of business intelligence tools out there that uh, do a very good job of supporting the variety of mobile devices out there. You don't want to simply just port an existing app to a mobile device and hope that the user is going to get value. You want to give it a great deal of forethought. You do want to design it appropriately. And you want to target those users where you're going to get the uh, proverbial best bang uh, for the buck. And over time, it may permeate the rest of the organization, but you need to have some successes and then use that to project further into the organization with some success under your belt. Howard, what kinds of companies did you survey in your latest research report, which we're referencing on the show today? What what types of industries, what size companies? I want, I want everybody to know the population you polled so we know the relevance of this data. Sure, and there, there are some interesting things to discuss when we talk about the demographics. Uh, all sizes of organizations and a whole host of verticals as well but it, um, I think it's worth noting, and there's sort of an interesting trend here, and we'll see if it changes with the next mobile study that we do, but it seems to me that in terms of intent anyway, the largest of organizations and the smallest of organizations seemed most intent to deliver on the promise of mobile business intelligence. And the ones that are in the middle, sort of the you know, one billion around that size, uh, there, there seems to be a little bit more reluctance in delivering it, and here's why I think you know, the smallest of organizations, because they're small and they're mm-hmm. able to very quickly integrate new technologies into their business processes, are all over Mobile BI. They see the advantage okay. of it, and they're turning it into a competitive differentiator. The largest of organizations also see that, but they have the money and they have the resources to drive these sorts of programs. Now, it takes them a little longer to actually deliver upon it, uh, but the intent is there. And the ones in the middle... Um, they don't have the resources of the very largest companies, nor are they as agile as the smallest yes. of companies. So it's sort of this U-shaped phenomenon in terms of the size of organizations. When you look at it from a vertical perspective, the number one vertical that I've seen, even though many are represented here, is retail. Uh, retail mm-hmm. has really taken great advantage of mobile business intelligence. And I've done a couple of interesting case studies not to belabor this too much, but uh, one had to do with regional sales management going out and doing performance appraisals for the various stores that they uh, that they owned. And by giving them mobile business intelligence, it gave them a great deal of flexibility in terms of who they could see and when they could see without all the preparatory work that would take place in the past. And the other case study had to do, once again, in retail, 
for the actual store manager, keeping that manager on the floor and arming them with the latest information in terms of what was selling, what was not selling, and being able to actually uh, effect uh, corrective action immediately rather than letting something fester and become a real sore point. Mm-hmm. I want to bring Chris in on this. Chris, I believe you wrote, a, you blogged recently on this topic of mobile BI and retail. You want to add to this conversation? Yeah, thanks, Bonnie. That's a really good segue. So we just published a report uh, a week or so ago on the use of mobile among retailers actually in a customer-facing capacity. And what's really interesting about the comments just made is that we see a lot of missteps toward that um, or false starts toward that trying to solve the customer problem with a mobile application. Um, In the customer-facing world, what we saw from retailers based on our research was that there was a lack of that thinking around what's the problem that's trying to be solved. So this is not just a way to think about BI. This is a way to think about any mobile development. Don't focus on the device. Don't focus on the fact that you want to build an app. Focus on the problem being solved. So retailers aren't doing a great job in many cases doing that problem-solving and thus creating award-winning apps for their end users, but they are doing really interesting work to empower uh, people inside the store. And uh, to the points just made, one of the, the big findings in our report was that while we were focusing on smartphones and tablets as far as ways to enable the customer uh, shopping experience. We saw more customers bring mobiles into uh, stores this past holiday season than ever before. Mm-hmm. The fact is the tablet belongs behind the register and can actually do more good both for the store or the brand and for the customer by using that as a tool that is always with the associate in-store, allowing them to provide tailored, personalized information to the shoppers and recreate what I like to call the Nordstrom experience. You sort of get this level of intelligence this level of service that's possible when you're empowering the internal uh, constituents in the organization with that uh, at-the-moment, precise, up-to-date BI that's formatted for the mobile device, usually a tablet that's sitting in the hands of the associate. So it's, it's interesting to see the dichotomy between what retailers are doing externally facing as far as their applications for customers and how they're succeeding internally with some of the examples that, that Har just brought up. Thank you, Chris. I'm going to propose that we coin a new phrase here. Uh, perhaps it's already out there, but I think we should officially coin it intelligent customer service. We'll talk about that when we come back. I want to welcome Joan to the show. Joan is listening and learning about mobile BI while sipping roasted Kaui, K-A-U-A-I. Somebody pronounce that for me. Kaui blend. And Joan, we're always happy to know that you're listening and appreciate it. And when we come back after the break in the second half, let's talk about privacy and security breaches as among the most significant risks and challenges to customers and suppliers from this moving target we're talking about in terms of mobile business intelligence. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You are listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers, and we are changing the game right here, and we're presented by SAP. We'll be right back with so much more after the break with Chris Silva, Tom Kurtz, and the father of BI, Howard Dressner. Right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. 
The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com what does a visual workplace mean to you how does it contribute to operational excellence and what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place listen to the visual workplace work that makes sense to find out each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And we're back, and I just learned that I very badly mispronounced the coffee Joan is drinking. It's roasted Kauai blend, and Kauai is an island in Hawaii. Thank you for the grammar, le- the uh, pronunciation lesson, Malcolm. We're going to talk about privacy and security breaches. Everybody today is so concerned, at least from the consumer customer side, how much does that company, does that retailer, does that sales rep really know about me and what are they going to do with that information? So as we're talking here about capturing information on the go, we really have to address, I won't call it the downside, but the challenges that are concerning everybody inside and outside of these organizations. Tom Kurtz, let's talk high level here for a moment, please. Absolutely, and I, I think Bonnie, you you word it well. It's it's it's, I, it's not so much a downside. It's it's a it's a factor to realize. Well, we we've talked before the break uh, quite a bit about uh, the the idea of use cases, focusing on the problem, not on the device. Um, and that is from a business standpoint, you want to do that. You want to figure out all these different areas that can help your business and how who the users are and how you address that. But I think one of the, the, the getting back to the devices, getting back mm-hmm. to the concept of of then how do you how do you roll that into your business you do have to recognize the security and privacy aspects of it whether that be from uh, going back to a point chris made earlier of whether you build an application or or utilize some of the tools out there today what are the security uh options if you will or the the the, the functionality that, that is present there uh, all the way to device management so how how am i if i if i have these devices and my people are are out there and they're doing something with them and they lose it or that if I need to remotely wipe that information how do I do that and so th- there's definitely aspects like that that you want to think about along with some of the business and use case aspects we touched on 
Thank you, Tom. Chris Silva, you've done some research on this. Would you like to share some points with us? Sure. And, and, and research I'm actually working on right now looks at how do you create uh, an information and, and trust framework for different roles within your organization. But underlying all those roles, whether it's the information worker who simply needs access to company data, like a phone list or, or information on, on office locations, all the way to the high-technologic, uh, high complicated user that needs a full virtualized uh, desktop on their mobile device, all of these uh, solutions by role should have an underlying control framework. And it's interesting because we've largely spent the last two years or even three years sort of figuring out how do we protect the devices? How do we manage the devices? How do we uh, wipe them when they get lost? How do we lock mm-hmm. them if they're missing? How do we put policies in place to make sure that they're remediated in a responsible way? And like I say, that's a problem that in many cases has been solved, at least technologically, whether that's in implemented or not is, is up to debate depending on the organization. But when it comes to BI information and information that's put out there by the line of business managers, in many cases this is information that's outside of the controls that those mobile device management systems have. So it's not sitting mm-hmm. in email. It's not sitting in the calendar. It may be sitting in a third-party application. It may be sitting in a homebrew application. And we're starting to see the vendors in the mobile device management space extend beyond email contacts, calendaring, device lock, device wipe. They're getting to a point where they're saying, if your information is going to be sitting in a separate application, we'll provide you the tools to encrypt that application's data store, to sandbox that application so no other uh, applications on the device are interfering with it. And that's really the level of security that matters most on these devices because most of the critical information is starting to live outside those traditional personal information management uh, tool sets. Really, really good point. Howard, Father BI, why don't you add to this, please? Sure, and certainly lots to talk about here and some great observations. One of the things that we'd asked in the last study, which was published in October, was that what their plans were for implementing enterprise mobile management software. We asked about device monitoring and control, antivirus, anti-spam, loss and theft protection, and personal firewall. And what is a little bit surprising, perhaps, is that today, um, across the board, it's about 30% of the respondents have something in place across all the five different categories. The majority do not. And the implementation of these mobile devices, applications, and mobile business intelligence is way ahead of the organization's ability to manage this environment. So I, I agree with Chris's comment. Certainly there are uh, more and more vendors out there that are offering the ability to manage the use of these devices and the associated applications, but I think that organizations have not fully thought through the implications of having so many devices out there in the world uh, with this very uh, potentially very sensitive information on them. Interesting. I want to talk about priorities, if you will. It just dawned on me that we're focusing, as we need to, on the customer, the consumer, the business, part of the business that's out there traveling, moving around, and we're talking about this woohoo about mobility. We still have so many people, so many customers with money to spend who are not mobile. What's the priority in terms of resourcing at, at the company level, at the organization level, if you will, for senior management to say, how are we going to pay attention to the customers who we can't track and who we can't find anything about on a mobile basis, who we just have their stuff sitting in our database? Is there any prioritization going on? Because you have to pay attention to everybody, right, Howard? 
Well, you do, and that's the other side of it. All right? Much of what we focused on are really the corporate consumers of mobile business intelligence, and I think what you're talking about is actually taking all the input from the customers and mm-hmm. doing that, which really starts to speak to more of a social business intelligence types of application, if, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're talking about? Now, yes. social BI is certainly something that there's a tremendous amount of buzz going on in the marketplace surrounding it, and there are certain functions within enterprises and certain verticals that are keenly interested. I would have to say, however, that it is not as mainstream, perhaps, as some would like you to believe it is. So if you're ah. in consumer packaged goods, you, you really do care about this. Um, all of these devices out there, where people are, what they're doing, where, you know, where they're purchasing, uh, the various things that they're purchasing, and trying to use that uh, to turn that into something that, uh, that will impact in a positive fashion, your marketing mm-hmm. campaign. And that goes along with big data and sentiment analysis and the other social media inputs that we have. Uh, but I, I'd have to say that it's truly not mainstream. It's limited to certain verticals and is limited to certain functions like the marketing function at this point. Okay, and I want to go back. We just got a Twitter question here asking if there are any, this goes back to a previous point, any key best practices any of you can offer when empowering employees to use their personal devices with corporate applications? I know this is probably an entire show in itself, but any quick pointers, uh, Chris, Tom, Howard, on what you tell your employees when they're walking around with all this great data on their mobile, I won't say toys, on their mobile devices, and they're just holding it in the palm of their hands. Any thoughts? So this is Chris. I'll jump in with a quick one, and and this may seem like a, you know, slap the forehead obvious one, but not many companies are doing it. For for companies that have users providing their own personal devices, uh, the statistic I've seen recently is something like 77% of them don't actually have explicit policies on how those devices should be managed. So step zero, figure out how the information needs to be protected, and just basic things. Are you going to ask for a device password policy to be in place? Are you going to restrict what types of devices users can use? Maybe it's only the iPhone 3GS and forward because those devices can be encrypted. Getting all of that on paper and having the legal team involved in putting that together and having a way that users are forced to adhere to a policy will be a really strong protection against any sort of malfeasance on the part of the user, against uh, data being lost. It's just a great initial step to take to have as airtight a policy as possible when users are bringing their own devices onto the network. Thank you, Tom. I heard you too. Yep. Uh, well, and, and I, it's really echoing a lot of what, what Chris just stated. And I, just, I mean, just to add to that, I, I really do think that the, the introduction of mobile devices in organizations are creating some of these questions. So I've, I've uh, my my spouse is, has been an HR executive for a number of years with a large organization, and and she's always had questions about. Well, look, if you you have your your work computer, and that's for your work issue, work work information. When you have personal data on that at any given time, that can, that can be taken away from you. With the introduction of mobile mobile devices, now that line gets blurred a little bit more, and and your your personal device potentially becomes your work advice. And companies are starting to embrace this, but I think it really goes back to what Chris said. You need those policies in place. IT needs to be involved. You need to have some standards for how the company does that because that drives everything else. 
Thank you, Tom. I don't know if we have time for this, but I just wanted to, I think we might have one minute left to this segment. Uh, somebody, anybody about, uh, I think Howard said that the small companies, the new companies, new growth companies are nimble. They're agile. They can handle this mobile BI. The big companies have the resources, the bandwidth, the power, the, the nomadic executive leaders, the mid-sized companies. And there are so many of them out there. What would be a, a clue to our listeners who are in that mid-range for how they can get on board with mobile BI and make it work for them without having a 20-year plan to do it. Uh, Howard, perhaps you want to take that sure. one? Sure. And I, I want to say that there certainly are ambitions on the part of the sort of um, small and mid-sized organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, to do this, it's going to take them a little bit longer. But some of the things I would suggest is you don't have to replace all of your devices in many cases. You can use pretty much any smartphone that's out there. All of the dominant business intelligence vendors anyway would support all of those smartphone platforms, so whether it be uh, the Windows platform or the BlackBerry platform, as well as the emerging Android and, of course, the iOS platform. So use what you got uh, in order to do that. But I also think that if you have a business intelligence product in your organization today, don't go and buy necessarily something new. Take a look at what features they have. In some cases, some of those features are going to be free. So there are ways to do it on a budget uh, without having to you know, start anew. Okay, thank you. We're going to head toward our last segment here. I'm going to prepare my panel for what's coming up after the break. I will give you my crystal ball question, how we close every show. Business as we've known it is changing for companies across the board, as we've been discussing. Look into your crystal ball with all your wisdom and your research studies and your blogs and your consulting wisdom, and I'm going to ask each of you to predict how today's mobile BI landscape will evolve over the next five years. How will it look, feel, sound, and operate in 2017? And what will be the game-changing benefits to organizations of all sizes by the time we've gone across that great big chasm from 2012 to 2017? I'm Bonnie D. Graham speaking with Howard Dressner, Chris Silva, Tom Kurtz here on Coffee Break with Game Changers. Stay tuned for predictions coming up when we do the crystal ball segment. Don't even think of touching that dial. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Seventh Wave Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com 
Assumed Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Assumed Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Assumed Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And it's that time for predictions. We're going to start off with our first panelist in the order in which I introduced you, just like in the movie credits, order of appearance. Howard Dressner, 2017, Mobile BI. Will we be calling it that? What will it look and feel like? Take it away. Uh, Very good question. We won't be calling it Mobile BI. We'll just be calling it BI because Mm. mobile will be implied. In fact, these mobile devices, certainly in terms of consumption, will be the dominant platform moving forward. So where it's going to displace uh, laptop computers, certainly desktop computers. And, in fact, many of us, that's already happening. When you're carrying a smartphone around, whether it's an Android device or an iOS device, increasingly these are dominant information appliances for us. And this whole notion of con- the consumerization of IT is very present and will expand over time. So people are going to buy their own devices and they're going to use them for multiple purposes. And, in fact, I'll share a statistic with you or mm-hmm. a trend we asked in our last study what percentage of the user population in two years will be exclusively consuming business intelligence uh, using mobile devices. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is 65% said it will be north of 10%. And there's some percentages like uh, some 8% said it will be north of 60% of the user population. I and mean, this is profound in nature. This is a paradigm mm-hmm. shift. Uh, I don't think we're going back to the way things used to be. Howard, the device wars. You want to make a prediction? Who's going to edge out whom? I, I didn't, well, there's I didn't an awful lot of money being spent there. And, uh, oh. you know, right now, clearly, Apple with their iOS devices is sort of on top. There are two bubbles, if you will. So you've got the iOS bubble, which is expanding very quickly. And I would argue that as it relates to business intelligence, the iPad is on top. It's an especially popular device. And Android devices are, I don't want to say they're catching up, but they're certainly growing at a relatively rapid rate. Once again, it's the tablets more than the phones. The Blackberries are in decline, and we've seen lots of articles about that recently, but we won't go there at the moment. I think the mm-hmm. wild card right now is what happens with Microsoft Windows. Once again, tremendous amounts of money and energy being spent uh, to try and grow their market share in this space. So far to date, they have been relatively unsuccessful, but I think that it's entirely possible that we could have some uh, proverbial judo moves in this marketplace yet because there is so much at stake. Oh, I love the colorful language. Thank you, Howard Dresser. Chris Silva, Mobile, BI, 2017, all in the same sentence or not? 
Hmm. I, you know, as more of a mobile uh, aficionado than p- perhaps a BI aficionado, my, what I think the two themes are going to be as far as mobile goes, and I think this directly ties into big data, I think this directly ties into what, what will be BI, are uh, sentience and autonomy. So these devices, to the point Howard just made, are becoming the computing platforms of choice for many users, especially business users, especially those who are um, carpet crushers or even road warriors. These devices will begin to evolve to a point where they're no longer passive. Right now, our iPhones, our tablets, our Android devices are essentially there and waiting for our input in order to complete tasks, give us access to information, and get things done. I see a future where that happens a lot more autonomously because the devices themselves have sentience and are using the myriad sensors in the device to take in Mm -hmm. information, whether that's voice input, which we're already seeing today, near-field communications, uh, other types of wireless interaction, so that devices will exchange information autonomously among one another, and users will be able to uh, gather information passively using their device that can later be fed into a big data store to do trend analysis. So I think a lot more of the quote-unquote computing that we're doing with mobile will happen automatically and without the user's input. And I think that's where things get really interesting in terms of how these devices can actually augment our day-to-day, our jobs, and our tasks. Very well put. Thank you, Chris. Quickly from you, Device Wars, any predictions? You know, I I like the comment on Windows Mobile uh, because I I agree. There's a lot of great investment there in the technology, and from a BI standpoint, a lot of the tight integration between the larger Windows infrastructure and what's happening on the mobile device has already taken shape with Microsoft's work in the mobile space, and I expect to see that become more of a driver for the business user. Thank you, Chris. And Tom Kurtz, 2017, what do you see? Well, I'm going to take my best shot at this, Bonnie. I have a hard time mm-hmm. predicting the mood of my nine-year-old when he wakes up in the morning. But um, I, 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 similar comments, I think. I think the, the, something I would like to add, I, I do see the continued pervasiveness. I agree with with Howard that it, 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 this is business intelligence, I think, in the future. I, I think we're going to be making less distinctions. This will be a normal course of doing business. But when you, uh, when you look at the future workers, Right there, there's the the twenty somethings and thirty somethings today. But when you look at look at that nine year old child, when you look at the the high schoolers and 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 university folks out there, I mean, this is normal to them. The using devices like this, the expectation to use this in your life, the combination of your personal devices becoming for multiple purposes into your work devices, all of that's going to feed into this culture. And when you combine that then with some of the other pieces we talked about, with the, the pervasiveness of things like big data and being able to uh, do, I, I think you've actually had some previous shows on real-time analytics and so forth, mm-hmm. be, being able to combine those, that's when it, I think it's going to become so powerful and, and such the norm because companies, I think, five years from now are going to be making a lot of comments like, we just couldn't do this five years ago. And, and mobility is going to be a part of that, but I think some of these other pieces like real-time analytics are going to be a part of it. And now suddenly this is just normal business, and we're able to do things that are more impactful on the business. We are certainly in a time of evolution. I think we are all recognizing that. I'm going to take a moment here to announce the upcoming topics on the show. Next week is February 29th. We're going to continue the concept of CIO transformation, 21st century tech leaders. What will they be called in the next couple of years? What will their role in the organization be? How much leadership responsibility will they take in terms of the customer experience and helping to move ahead the business strategies, not just run IT? On March 7th, 
27th, we'll be talking about game changers changing the game for their companies through IT innovation. We've got an IT theme coming up. And then we're going to really switch gears on March 14th, and we're going to talk about a brand new topic for the show, the smart grid. Today's utility companies and big data. That is going to be interesting. A lot of heavy hitters on that show. I'd like to say thank you to Patricia Harris, Joan Sherlock, Malcolm Kimberlin, Wendy Ann Nesbitt, Carolyn Brock, my guys at 50 and 5, and of course, Justin, Jeff, Jeff, Randy, and everybody at the Business Channel. And a very special thank you to my guests. You've all been absolutely wonderful to speak with. Great insights, great information, and such radio voices. You were all meant for radio, I can tell you that. Howard Dressner, thank you so much for joining me today. And Chris Silva, Ditto, and Tom Kurtz. It's been such a pleasure. Time for us to go. We'll be back here at the same time, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, next Wednesday morning. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You've been listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Have a great week, y'all. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.